Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 110, Upleveling Your Discomfort and a Juicy Story. Well, hello, everybody. How are you all? Welcome to February. New month, new things. (laughs) It's Groundhog's Day today. I don't know what the outcome of that was. I need to go look at that. But we're getting closer to longer days and warmer weather and, you know, maybe the kids going back to school. So I'm feeling hopeful as we start this new month. This week's podcast is going to be a fun one. So highly recommend you pour yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a nice tea and kind of settle in. I'm going to tell you a little story about um, an experience I had this weekend in a tiny house. And there's a theme that runs through this story about being uncomfortable and not letting your primitive brain, you know, motivate you to seek comfort and pleasure. Instead, I invite you to embrace some discomfort in your life so that you can have some growth and, you know, challenge yourselves a little bit. And I talk a lot about this, you know, with over drinking and trying to lose weight, if that's one of your goals. The more willing you are to be uncomfortable in some areas in your life, the more growth that you can have. And we all, you know, as we do this work, or if you're one of my clients, right, I, I talk to you about this willingness to feel uncomfortable. And I want to dive into that in sort of an up-leveling way today in this podcast episode. And I'm going to tell you a story. And then after the story, make sure you listen on for some practical to-dos to up-level your discomfort. So when you approach something like stopping over drinking or weight loss goals or building a business or improving your relationships, you have to be willing to feel some discomfort, right? It's you know, growth happens when you feel uncomfortable. The human um, condition is one that likes repetition. It likes knowing what it knows. It likes patterns. It likes the same things over and over again. But when we do the same things over and over again, like over drinking and, (laughs) you know, eating the shit that doesn't make us feel good, um, you know, we don't grow. So you have to embrace the discomfort. And if you've been working with me or applying what I teach in the podcast, you may have reached a certain level of being okay, being uncomfortable. So basically, let's say you were drinking every day and now you're to a place where maybe you're having four or five nights off where you're not drinking and that's pretty comfortable for you, right? But if you want to up level and maybe you want to explore not over drinking on the weekends or maybe you want to you want to have a new goal uh, around alcohol or maybe you want to look at taking a longer break from it, whatever that is, your current level of discomfort you've you've tapped into, right? So you were uncomfortable when you first started the work and now you're probably pretty comfortable with what you are with a new pattern of being, a new way of being with your relationship with alcohol. And now it might be time to up-level your discomfort again. So that's what I'm going to talk about at the end of the the podcast after I tell you the story. So make sure you tune into there. But here, my friends, is a story (laughs) that I have titled, 
Charging Chickens and Composting Crap is a story that I wrote um, about my experience in a tiny home this weekend, and I created a blog post about it, but I thought it would be fun for me to read this story to you and for you to kind of go in it with me. Okay, you ready? Here we go. This is a story of shit to strength. I recently reserved a tiny house to attend a virtual retreat. I actually really love virtual retreats. I think they're an excellent way to have a deeper connection with the speakers and the attendees. In the last virtual retreat I attended, I also got an Airbnb and I fully immersed myself in what I was learning and had the space and the quiet to implement all the wonderful things I was introduced to. So needless to say, when I booked this tiny house that was out in the country about 15 minutes away from my house and my kids and my pets and the husband and Amazon Prime deliveries and cooking and cleaning and walking the dog and getting interrupted a thousand times because, you know, at home school and a pandemic with three kids in elementary school, I was delighted to get away. I told my online retreaters about it. I sent them pictures of this cute, stylish, tiny house with a ladder that you can climb up to a soft, cozy bed, adorable outside spaces with cafe lights, umbrellas, and picnic tables. I was on a little farm in a circle of other tiny houses. It's like a little tiny house cul-de-sac in the country. I might have seen a picture of a tiny chicken house on the Airbnb listing as well. The first night I was to check into the tiny, that's what it's called on the Airbnb listing, I couldn't get out there until after 9 p.m. So I'm driving down this dark, very rural gravel road with hand-painted signs directing my way. As I creep along the gravel road in my minivan, I'm a little nervous. Seems very rural. And now I'm wondering if the internet is going to be very good out here. And I assure myself that I asked about the internet and the young guy, we will call him Brian, said this was fast, so no deep breaths. So deep breaths, it's going to be okay. I roll up to the tiny and I park out front. It's late, so I don't see anyone. I grab my bags, my Toomey blush-colored laptop bag that I never get to use because, you know, the pandemic. And I excitedly walk up the little gravel walkway to the front door of the tiny. The door is unlocked and I open it. Wow. Well, it's tiny, all right. I take one step inside the door and can reach the desk, the tiny couch, and the refrigerator. (laughs) So I put my stuff down and just laugh. This is going to be fun. I've always wanted to stay in a tiny house. I even loved watching the HGTV show Tiny Houses. They fascinate me. I romanticize them. How fun and easy would it be to live in a tiny house? I would imagine the five of us in this tiny house having adventures and bonding as a family. Now, yes, my dream of staying in a tiny house is coming true. But will it be like I imagined? I will find out. (laughs) One of the first things I noticed was a familiar smell, sort of like mildew and wet straw and cheap coffee, all mixed together. What was it? Oh, yes, yes, the composting toilet. I remember being mentioned in the Airbnb listing. That smell is so familiar. My mom's sister, Aunt KK, has an outhouse on her property in Wisconsin, and many visits there as a child, I had to use this outhouse, and I'm too familiar with that smell. When I booked the tiny, I remember seeing this in the description, composting toilet. I again romanticized this, thinking, oh, my friend Sarah has one of those. It's basically like a regular toilet. They're nice these days. She's got three kids and lives with one. 
It's no big deal. Well, let me tell you, (laughs) I say this in a very exasperated, breathy, well, let me just say, (laughs) when I opened the door right across from the kitchen sink to the bathroom, my first thought was, it's an outhouse. It's a glamorized fucking outhouse. There was a wooden bench with a toilet seat on it. It was closed. And across the toilet seat bench was a walk-in shower stall. I lifted the toilet seat and looked down a big container of blue liquid. There wasn't any covering. There was no flap covering the liquid. Just a standard white toilet seat with with below a vat of some weird opaque blue liquid that I could not quite see through. Lord, this is going to be fun. (laughs) I close the door, tell myself it's not a big deal, and continue getting settled in for the night. Oh, I forgot to mention that before I checked into the tiny, I got a message from the owner, Brian. He said, it's supposed to freeze tonight, so I'm going to drain the pipes. So if you need to take a shower, do it tonight. Hmm. Okay, well, I don't need a shower tonight. So I asked him if it would be on by 8.30 a.m. the next morning. He said, maybe, but no guarantees. So I didn't really think anything more about it. So as I'm unpacking my things in the tiny, I notice there isn't central heating. I have a space heater. All right, no big deal. Then I look around the kitchen. It's well supplied with the pans and utensils and dishes that I would need and even some condiments, spices, oils, and some food. Hmm. There's an open box of cereal, open containers of earth balance fake butter spread in the fridge. Of course, vegan butter. Damn hippies. <laughs> and a container of popcorn kernels that has about one half or one fifth of the jar left in it. And there's this weird greasy film all over the stuff. Like, you know, if you cook a lot in your kitchen and you don't wipe things down like that, a greasy film. And I started to feel like it wasn't clean very well. And during COVID, you know, my hackles got a little high. And I know I was wondering if my sheets were clean. Ugh, deep breaths. It's okay, I tell myself. I FaceTime my husband and tell him all the things and give him a tour of the tiny. I am laughing. <laughs> He's very worried that I'll get hurt climbing up and down this ladder to my bed in the loft. So he wants to watch me climb up the ladder to my bed and make sure I can do it okay. I am laughing hard. It's fucking hysterical. I'm also very accident prone, very clumsy, and it might sound weird that he wants to see me get up there okay, but I've been known to fall and trip on stairs a lot in my life and have landed myself in the hospital or urgent care on more than one occasion. Okay? (laughs) Y'all, this whole scene is not uncommon in my life. I do crazy ass shit sometimes and get myself into situations that aren't really comfortable, and it's no surprise that I find myself in a tiny house with an outhouse with a film of grease. (laughs) That looks awesome and cute at first glance and technically like the pictures, but just below that surface, it's basically a shed in the country with running water and a sink, space heater, and basic necessities. I get up the ladder gingerly and carefully and pull back the covers of the bed. It's clean and cozy and actually very comfortable. I can relax. You can't sit up in the bed, though. It's kind of like you have to roll on it so you don't hit your bed on the ceiling. (laughs) I get off the phone with my husband, climb back down the ladder, and go heat up some water in the electric kettle for some relaxing chamomile tea. I lift the kettle off the base, and yes, of course there's old water in there. Y'all, leftover used water. If it was my house, it wouldn't care, but it's COVID. I assume the Airbnb is cleaned and refreshed, but I'm beginning to feel like someone checked out of here, swept the floor, changed the sheets, and left all their shit behind. Deep breaths. I empty the key kettle kettle, fill it up with new water, grab a coffee cup, notice the film, more deep breaths. 
and I turn on Outlander. (laughs) I drink the tea and faintly wonder about the shower water in the a.m., set my coffee up in the coffee pot, set the time for 4.45 a.m. to start brewing, as I usually do at home, and climb up the ladder to bed. I wake up in the morning and I feel like I slept well. Climb down the ladder and apprehensively go in the outhouse box off the kitchen, do my business, walk out, and turn on the kitchen sink to wash my hands. There's no sink in the outhouse box. I lift the handle on the kitchen sink and nothing. No water. What the actual fuck? No fucking water. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) He said he was draining the pipes into shower tonight. He didn't say there would be no fucking water. I'm okay. I'm okay. I had a glass of water left over from the night before, dumped it on my hands, and then got my coffee. Thank you, baby Jesus. I set up my coffee the night before when I had water. I'm officially pissed. I can't brush my teeth, wash my face, hands, or anything, and I have a coaching call that I'm leading in the morning. I take some deep breaths, sip my coffee, start the ruminating in my head, and spinning out. This is what I was thinking. I would have brought some water had I known there would be no water. I don't know what the fuck drain the pipes mean. I mean, come on, say there will be no running water and then fucking provide some to your guest, right? Honestly, I would have been fine about it had I really understood what this meant and I would have brought water. Y'all listen, I'm a successful life coach. I know how to manage my mind and feel my feelings and process all the things, all right? And often this school, this skill I have to manage my mind and make the most of it can get me into trouble. Sometimes I do it so well that I sort of roll over things that I should be paying closer attention to. Like when the Airbnb listing said composting toilet and the owner emails me about draining the pipes and showering. Was this one of those times? Was I ignoring signs that this place wasn't the best for my retreat? Will the internet be good enough? Well, I decided to test the internet with a Zoom call with my amazing husband. It works just okay. A little teeny lag, but nothing annoying. And it would be okay for what I needed it for today. Then I decided to go for a walk, stretch my legs, and look around. I call up my friend who lives in Austria and share all the details. (laughs) And I take her on a tour of the video of the grounds of this tiny house hippie commune that I find myself in. It's a cold and a low 26 degrees Fahrenheit outside. The sun is just coming up. It's quiet and I'm looking around outside the tiny and it's legit a rural hippie playground. Stacks of wood, equipment, outdoor pizza oven area with picnic tables, little sheds converted into homes, an old school bus that has been turned into some sort of living accommodation, gardens, fences made of reused wood and scrap metal. I walk along kind of nervous. It's really early in the morning talking and laughing and showing my friend the scene on video. Oh, I see a chicken up ahead. They have a tiny house too. We laughed and chuckled on the phone. I approach the chickens and they're all huddled together, clucking and chirping. They look so fluffy and cute. And I crouch down and I cluck at them and say, good morning, chickens. And I'm showing my friend on video how cute they all were. And all of a sudden, the fluffy, cute chicken starts walking towards me and then running towards me and it isn't stopping. Oh my God, I'm getting charged by a chicken. I screech and jump back and have to screech at the chicken to get the fuck away from, put my leg out to stop it from pecking me. I jump back and that little fucker charges me again. I am dying laughing now, dying laughing, big belly laughs Tears streaming down my face, doubled over in the ridiculousness of me in this whole crazy situation. I'm on a hippie commune. (laughs) I put myself on a hippie commune for a business mastermind retreat. Do you see the irony here? The mastermind I'm in helps entrepreneurs scale scale their business to reach new high-level revenue goals. I wasn't on a yoga retreat. I was trying to up my business game. 
Somewhere along the line, I must have gotten confused. And the funny thing is, I didn't want to leave. I'm fucking committed to staying here. Why? I analyzed leaving, getting a nice hotel, going home and doing it there. Why did I book this place? I asked myself and go back to my reason. I wanted uninterrupted quiet time to immerse myself in this retreat. And if I go home, I won't have that. If I pack up and go to a hotel, I will be interrupted there too with the packing and unpacking and resettling and all the things. I decide to stay. I am committed. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, I don't have running water. Yes, I have to shit in a box. But I know it's quiet. This is where I start to think about who I am and why I'm successful and why I've had major growth in the past three years. I don't flee when things get tough. I embrace the uncomfortable. I don't let my brain run the show and let it drive me towards warm and ease and comfort. I know that when I stay the course, even when the challenges and obstacles and uncomfortable feelings, it always pays off every single time. When I stopped drinking, being uncomfortable paid off in dividends, literally. I have a very successful business helping women stop over drinking now. When I lost 60 pounds, being uncomfortable paid off in dividends and having a fit body, being able to wear whatever I want, not worrying about my weight, free to eat whatever I want. When I dug into my past and my relationships and processed my pain, it has paid off in having better relationships, more fun, and more connections. The examples of when I choose discomfort over comfort are endless in my life. And now I have a resiliency to being uncomfortable. The resiliency is a muscle I have grown and nurtured and has helped me achieve all of my goals. Anyway, I go back to the tiny. I start to get ready for my coaching call and my retreat. I texted the owner, asked about, asked for water. He brought me an opened one half gallon plastic jug of water. Of course, it was opened and half empty. Hmm. <laughs> I get settled in for my day. The internet is spotty. I am growing in dissatisfaction, again, stretching my comfort. I ultimately, again, recommit to staying. I realize I'm supposed to be interrupted on this retreat. I would have been interrupted at home with the kids, the dog, the husband, doorbells, or I would have been interrupted by the tiny, by not having water and spotty internet. So I embrace it. I accept it. I know it will serve me in the long run. The online retreat was amazing. I did immerse myself. I learned a lot. I felt inspired, did some work, developed a signature speech for women who want to cut back on their drinking and connected with my mastermind teammates. All the while, I knew I'd make this into a good story, a lesson, something that will help me grow and evolve and maybe inspire one person to embrace the suck every once in a while. I ended up texting the owner about the internet. He was on it right away. And by 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon, with only two and a half left hours left in my retreat. My internet is solid. No more buffering. Ironically, again, the retreat ends with a mindful yoga session. (laughs) The yoga teacher has us get into challenging positions on the floor, stretching our bodies, pushing our comfort zone out to the edge. While I'm on the floor in the tiny, the only thing I can smell is that wet straw, mildew, cheap coffee smell of the crap box. It's so distracting. I try to breathe through my mouth, managing my mind, allowing the discomfort, but I can't do it. It smells like shit. The retreat leader sent us some lavender eye pillows for the yoga session. Thank God. I grabbed it and put it under my nose, breathe deeply, and relax into the pose. After the yoga session ends, the retreat is over. I decide to stay another night, to not pack up, and to go home. I decide I like it here now. I'm a little attached. The tiny and I have figured each other out. We went through some shit, but stayed the course, learned, and grew. I respect the tiny. It gave me exactly what I came for, alone time. 
Quiet time without kids, dogs, husbands, doorbells, cooking and cleaning, and it helped me grow my resilience in discomfort, and for that, I am grateful. The night ended with me popping that little bit of popcorn in the plastic container that was covered in a film of grease, melting the vegan butter over it, turning on Outlander with a cup of tea, cozy and warm, next to the space heater, happy, content, and feeling fulfilled. I woke up this morning excited to write this story, sip my coffee in silence, listen to the chickens wake up, and experience more interrupted time. I'm so cozy and content, I don't want to leave. I text the owner and ask if I can stay another night. Unfortunately, the tiny is booked. Apparently, charging chickens and composting crap is pretty popular. Such a fun story, right? (laughs) Were you there with me in the tiny house? So fun. I hope you enjoyed it. So now I want to move into the part of the the podcast where I'm talking to you about up-leveling your discomfort. So if you could visualize yourself in a situation such as the story that I just told you, you know, maybe it was a vacation or um, something that you had planned and it didn't turn out to be exactly what you thought it would be. In the past, would you be somebody like, screw it, I deserve an extra glass of wine, Um, I'm not going to do the thing that I had planned, like, do you kind of use that as an excuse to go let yourself off the hook, or would you pack up and leave? Would you actually cancel and leave the situation, go home, change your situation to get out of that discomfort and that situation? Just think about what you would do if you were in my situation, right? So I guarantee you that, you know, five years ago, or even, you know, maybe a little more than three years ago, I probably would have packed it up and left. I would have been like, F this, I'm out. I probably would have demanded a refund from the Airbnb, gotten really angry about it. um, And just like really defensive about the whole situation. And that anger that and that angst that I would have felt would definitely have driven me to drink. So like if I if I would have packed up and left or something, first of all, I would have had wine with me. <laughs> I never would have went to, into that situation without wine and shit tons of food and snacks and stuff. I would have probably been like, screw it. You know, I don't need to exercise today. This isn't what I was expecting. And like created a lot of extra drama around that situation and angst and been not very nice to the Airbnb owner, okay? And that energy that would be behind all of that would be negative, and I would definitely use alcohol to escape that. Now, listen, back then when I had this, you know, relationship with alcohol, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I just thought, you know, there there would be a certain way to do things, and this person didn't deliver on what they promised me, and it's their fault, and they should do it differently, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? So I would be very angry about that, and then I would feel that anger in my body, and then I would be like, and I need a drink to take the edge off. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ever question my thoughts. I never questioned my feelings. I just probably thought I should be angry about this. And then I would escape that anger, that frustration by drinking or eating or canceling plans or not exercising or, you know, saying screw it. The whole day is a waste now. Okay, that's what I would have done in the past. So can you kind of like if you were in this situation, maybe a year ago or six months ago or last week, how would you react to that situation? Okay, I can tell you the way I reacted to it now is completely different than who I used to be. 
I used to be very reactive to this kind of stuff, very angry, very outspoken. Like I was entitled to having this experience that I paid for and you should have communicated to me, da, 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 right? I probably would have demanded a full refund and still stay there, <laughs> you know, like just kind of out of line stuff. But now because I'm at a certain place in my life and my feelings, and I know that my negative feelings aren't a problem, I'm willing to be with them. I'm willing to like hang out and stay in the discomfort because I know it's just a vibration in my body, right? Like the frustration, the anger, um, the uncomfortableness about that story. I'm like, okay, what's the big deal here? Like I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm safe. It's warm. I will get, I will get water, you know, I have internet, it's quiet, it's everything that I need, right? So it's like my ability to be uncomfortable there is a testament to how much uncomfortableness I have been willing to experience since I started this journey of my life of life coaching and learning how to feel, stopping drinking, losing weight, the whole nine. Okay, so I just want you to notice what you think that you might do in that situation and how those actions, the things that you might do from about the situation are in response to how you are feeling. Okay, our feelings drive our actions, right? So usually when we're not willing to feel those uncomfortable feelings, we want to get out of those feelings. So we might change our situation or we might drink or eat. Right. So we want to change our circumstances, get out of here. Right. This is uncomfortable. I can't handle this. Or if we can't change our situation, we tend to want to drink or eat from that place. Right. So just notice what you probably would do or you might hide or avoid or bitch or ruminate or something like that in your head. OK, so what I'm suggesting you do if you approach, if you are working on stopping over drinking or losing weight or any big growth area in your life is that you want to increase your tolerability for discomfort, okay? So when you say you're not going to drink Monday through Thursday, like when you first start doing that, that you're going to go through some uncomfortableness, right? Especially if you're used to drinking every night. So say you're used to drinking a bottle of wine every night, okay? And then all of a sudden you say, okay, I'm not going to drink Monday through Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're going to probably feel some urges to drink and your mind is might be chattering about, you know, if you're going to drink or not going to drink. And that's going to be uncomfortable for you to go through. You're going to have to process those urges, right? You're going to have to figure out what you do with your time between 5 and 7 p.m. Whatever that is, it's going to be something new that you're trying. Your brain is used to drinking every night, right? So now you're not drinking every night. Your brain doesn't like that because it likes repetition. It likes knowing what to do. It, it likes to save energy and to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So when you take away something that it's doing all the time, your brain's like, ooh, we don't like change, you know, so I'm going to get you an urge to go drink. And once you get through that phase, right, and you are able to honor your commitments there and you work through that uncomfortableness, you get to a place of it not being so uncomfortable anymore, right? So you may be now at a place where you're, for pretty much the most part, you're not drinking Monday through Thursday. I'm just using this as an example. I'm not saying this is what you should do. I'm just using this as an example. So you worked through those urges. You got to a good place. You've made progress. You're drinking less. You're not drinking Monday through Thursday, okay? But there's still some opportunity for growth, right? So when you look at your relationship with alcohol on the weekend or maybe on vacation or maybe when something bad happens, right, you still you still might tend to want to drink more than you really want to, right? 
So looking at that area of your relationship with alcohol and or food and saying, okay, where is it time for me to up-level my discomfort? I already up-leveled once and I got me to here. And now I'm pretty comfortable here. You guys following me? So you're pretty comfortable doing this new thing that you had tried, let's say a month or two ago, that wasn't uncom- that wasn't comfortable. You moved through that and now you've settled into this new place where your brain's pretty comfortable, right? It's, it's settled into the new habits that you formed. It's kind of filed them to the back of the brain where we don't have to think about it so much and push ourselves to get out of our comfort zone. To take it to the next level, if you haven't fully reached your goal yet, you have to evaluate where you are on that comfort sort of meter, right, or spectrum. I like to think about like a, you know, um, a line that runs horizontal and then like at the left side of the line, you have a very low tolerance for discomfort and then at the right side of the line, the, the horizontal line, you have a high tolerance discomfort right so like where are you on that spectrum on that line of your your uncomfortableness tolerance (laughs) okay so if you still have something that you'd like to work on like not over drinking on the weekends or you know practicing going into social situations without drinking or being on a vacation without drinking or just on a friday night just even if you're sitting around if you're used to drinking every friday night like where in that area can you up level your discomfort okay i would recommend that you just pick one area to start with okay so like where is it that you want to improve is it social situations weekend drinking that and just pick that one area to up level your discomfort with okay so that might look like when you make your drink plan you don't plan for drinks on that specific situation or if you get invited to a social situation you're going to go and practice not drinking Okay, or if normally you go into a social situation and you drink four or five drinks, right? What if you practice just having one and being uncomfortable, right? So it's like choose your opportunity to up level your discomfort in one specific area, and you just keep practice and practice and practice being uncomfortable in that one specific area until you are comfortable in that area again. Okay, so I recommend that you identify that area that you want to up level in or work towards reducing how much you're drinking in or eating and or both, right? Write it down and then look ahead to the week or to the month and identify all of the opportunities that you can practice up leveling your discomfort in that one area and then make it that that is your goal. This is where my focusing on. I'm focusing on up leveling my discomfort in this area until I get comfortable, Okay, master that, right? Get uncomfortable until it becomes less uncomfortable and then take on another one, okay? that When you get hyper-focused like that and be like, this is just the one area I'm working on, I'm gonna throw all my attention and work to this, it will you will be successful in a short amount of time. And when you approach it with the intention of I'm choosing discomfort on purpose for the sake of me growing into the person that I wanna be with alcohol or food, it, it just like, so when you are uncomfortable in the situation that you're you're working on, you're not surprised. You're not like, oh, this sucks. You're like, oh, I, I wanted this to feel this way. <laughs> I'm choosing this on purpose. And that puts you in the power seat. And then you can open yourself up to allowing those feelings that come in so much more easily. You're like, yep, 
I expected that I would be having urges tonight. Yep, I had expected that this might be a little awkward. I normally drink with my friends on Friday night, or I normally sit with my husband or my spouse at the end of the day on a Friday night. This is what we do together. And now I'm not doing that very habitual thing. And yeah, I expected this to be uncomfortable. This is where I am up leveling. Okay, so you're not kind of thrown back by it. And then your brain starts spinning out and like you deserve it and da 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 and all that chatter when you say nope. I want this. This is where I'm up leveling to the next level so I can reach my goals. You welcome it in with deep, big cleansing breaths and you settle into that discomfort. Okay. I'm not talking about uncomfortableness or discomfort is like this global thing that you need to be miserable and uncomfortable in all the areas of your life at all. So please don't confuse me on that. Be very specific, especially when you have done some work already on choosing on discomfort, like, you know, choosing to feel those urges, um, honoring your calendar, doing the things that you say that you're going to do, even when in the moment you don't want to, that's the discomfort. Like if you're, you're getting better at that, look for areas of opportunity where you can up level your discomfort. Okay, it's not about everything in your life because we only have one of my my, uh, coach colleague, Anya, she said she's like, there's like a a bucket of uncomfortableness that we can (laughs) have in our lives. And it's like we don't want to just be uncomfortable in everything because it kind of dilutes the purpose of why you're choosing to be uncomfortable in the first place. So I like the idea of being very specific about one or one area at a time to up level your discomfort in. And then the more often you can do that and move through that, you will create what I talked about in my story about this capacity, this relentlessness and like resiliency that I can be uncomfortable for longer periods of times in a bunch of different situations. And my brain isn't like, Oh, we should escape this. Right. So like, This is part of retraining your brain that when you feel uncomfortable, you don't need to escape, that nothing has gone wrong. You're just having some vibrations in your body that you aren't used to. You're trying something new and to keep moving forward. So the more you can practice this, the more abundance of being uncomfortable you can have in your life. And when you do this, you go do bigger things. You go out and have bigger adventures. You go into your boss's office and ask for that raise. You say, I'm going to start my own business or you're going to, you know, change your relationships, whatever that is, you will have more capacity and strength and grit to do that because of your willingness and practice of being uncomfortable on purpose. So, That's just what I wanted to talk about this week. Um, Let me know if you have any questions. If you want to email me any thoughts or ideas for future podcast episodes, I invite you to shoot an email to hello at angelamasenic.com. And of course, if you're in my coaching program, you know how to (laughs) communicate your thoughts and how you're going to apply this to your life. But um, challenge yourself just this week. Where can I be a little uncomfortable for the sake of my goals? Write a couple ideas down, go after it, and up-level your uncomfortableness. And once you get comfortable of doing that new thing, then upgrade your uncomfortable level again. All right, my friends, that's what I have for you today. A couple announcements. I am, of course, you are welcome to apply to join the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program where you have me as your coach all the time by your side, supporting you on your way to stopping over drinking and living the life that you want to live. The link to do that is in the show notes. And stay tuned. If you're not on my email list, I highly recommend that you get on it because 
I am a quick mover and I make decisions pretty fast and I do a lot of free classes and workshops and the way that you can get that information the quickest and when the, up, the next upcoming class or workshop that's free is, is by being on my email list. I send out a weekly email called Thirsty Thursday. I give you some things to think about, some free advice to try, and they're super fun and helpful. I link up my weekly podcast episodes to that, and that's where I announce any upcoming workshops or programs. So if you want to get on my email list, go over to AngelaMesenic.com. Click on the little pop-up that says get my top three podcast downloads and I'll send you my most popular top three podcast episodes right to your email inbox and then you'll be on my email list and you'll get all of the updates and all the goodness that I share over email. I, I, I give you a lot of free advice over email as well um, and sometimes it's more frequently than once a week. So you definitely don't want to miss out on anything and that's the fastest way I can communicate to you all about everything that's going on. So that's what I have for you today, my friends. Go out there and be uncomfortable. Talk to you soon. Bye.